This is Pod's Burgers, a podcast chronicling a Bob's Burgers obsession. That's what's happening. My dog's freaking out, you guys. Our dogs are broken this time. Let's go round. In a different way than usual. It's so sad. Yeah, it's... um. My dog is afraid of everything, but in particular, very loud thunder makes her completely lose her shit. And she... You may hear her loudly panting in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Chris and I both jumped really, really, really bad when that lightning and thunder happened. Guys, you should have heard the thunder that just happened. I don't know if it's going to happen again while we're recording. Maybe. I don't know. But it was... Kablow. The loudest thunder I've ever heard in my entire 43 years. It's it's not... It shook my house. It's not the worst I've ever heard, but I've experienced East Coast thunderstorms, and so those can get a little crazy. Good night. Yeah. She, uh, she basically just broke up like into all of her molecules and then <laughs> shot back together. I don't blame her <laughs> even a little bit. Yeah. I sweated. I was all itchy. And then we knew another Lloyd one Lloyd was... just kind of glanced over his shoulder and went yeah. back to what he was doing. <laughs> Uh, and then we knew another one was coming cause we saw another flash of lightning. So Chris and I made the mistake to try and talk really loud to try and cover up the thunder. You should have just plugged her ears. It's just, it made her just go. I mean, she just, she dead looked me in the eyes and just pissed on the floor. Oh, <laughs> sad. So my yeah. dog is ill. Yeah, so. I know it bums me out. He's not afraid of anything really. Mm-hmm. He's slightly, um, turned off by the, uh, uh, vacuum cleaner, not not Richard, not oh, our new robot, but the almost, regular vacuum cleaner. I almost said microwave, but uh, I can't use the microwave. Microwave, Linda. But uh, what was I saying? He is put oh, off by the. Anyway, microwave. he has no fears. It's he's not afraid of it. You know the the thunder and the all of that does not scare him at all. But he does um. Sometimes forget how to pee. Mm-hmm. And he started doing that yesterday. And we had to, you know, go take him to be drained. And <sighs> He seems okay for the moment. Yeah, That's but good. his eyes are like droopy and red. It's because he's been in pain. He's probably tired. Yeah, he barely slept last night. We gave him some... Um, they're not muscle relaxers exactly, but they're supposed to relax certain specific muscles that help him pee. Uh, the inner sphincter, if you will. The pee muscle. And uh, it makes him the loopy and strange. Puzzle is a terrible word. Let's forget I said that. Okay. I'm forgetting right <laughs> no, now. I can't because you already did it. It seemed forced. Oh. Just, oh. Yeah, you're, you're doing good. Chill. Look at you. <laughs> it's like your head is made of a giant spike. Your ears are back. You should see her eyes, <laughs> you guys. Crazy eyed. Insane. Oh, oh, that poor dog. Yeah. Like it's hard to be her. It's like her whole life right there, mm-hmm. no matter what we do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was fun. That's where we are. <laughs> Hooray. And we're back from vacation. We so are. that's fun. We were going to record on vacation. And then we vacation were, we were vacationing. <laughs> the one day that we really intended to record, I hope Bernie doesn't mind me saying this, but we didn't because she had had too much to drink. I thought it was that? the day, that was the day after the day we were supposed to record. It was? Well, anyway. <laughs> I mean, you guys would have had a, a real roller coaster. <laughs> it would have been really good. But that's fine, because, you know, I was fine with just staying in the pool. Yeah, it was like Jen, Jen actually turns to me and she goes, what is going on with you right now? And I'm pretty sure it was a mixture of being tired and warm and having, uh, you know, mm-hmm. not a, a hugely excited because I like had no hangover the next day. Mm-hmm. So it was probably well, a mixture of a lot of things. Brittany told me that your shoulder muscles are the ones that develop the fastest. And you can ask God about that. Was, <laughs> yeah, that's true. You can go ahead. You and guys. I said, I can, I can. Cause mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I was being her swim instructor. I was tricking her into swimming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was good. It was good. It went like this. She went to the deepest part of the pool and said, I'm can tricky. I teach you something mm-hmm. about swimming? And I said, 
Um, I guess so. And she said, come here. <laughs> I am sneaky as fuck. That was the way she Sly. tried to teach me to swim. Oh. But see. I did trick you a couple I, of times I into was, swimming. I was not tricked. No. I, I mean, if I'm going to teach you to swim, it just has to be in the shallow end for right now. It does. It so, really does. Yeah. I'm not afraid of water, you guys. I'm afraid of heights. And if I can't put my feet on the ground when I want to, I lose my mind. Well, let's be real. You did also almost drown when you were a kid. So there's got to be some sort of psychological yeah, Maybe subconscious. I don't Just a little aversion. That. Yeah. Yeah. It really is the exact same feeling that I get when I start to feel like I'm going to fall from a height mm-hmm. is the same feeling yeah. I get when I realize I can't put my feet down Which, in man, water. Which, man, if we can get you past that, I'm telling you, just like... That'd be a really big deal. Sensory deprivation drifting is the best. It was good when I did it. I just had to make sure that I didn't drift Sorry. too far. Okay. Uh, Chris, do you want to move Gloria over there to block her access? We moved Gloria to make it look like there was a dog inside the house when we went on vacation. But normally, Gloria is the... Uh, the keeper of the behind the bar area so that the dog can't get back there. The dog being Brittany's dog. My dog couldn't possibly care less about being back there. Yeah. Uh, Gloria is Jen's gigantic uh, golden retriever statue that our mother gave to her and Mark for Christmas? Mm-hmm. Wedding? Mm-hmm. Was it your wedding? Yes, it was my wedding mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean. It's very our mother. Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird and yet endearing. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. You know. Anyway, that's all I have pre-show. Yeah, I think that's all I had. I mean, the the trip was was lovely. And we did a lot of Bob's Burger stuff on that trip because it was Jen's birthday trip. So those of you who follow us on social media saw that um, my husband um, commissioned, I guess for lack of a better term, uh, a, a drawing of him and me and Lloyd in the Bob's Burgers style, standing in front of the cafe. and But what I didn't put on our um, social media for this show, I put it on my personal social media, is that he then took that picture and converted it to a, well, had it made into a puzzle, mm-hmm. and then gave me the puzzle in pieces. So when I first got it, I didn't know that it was us. And mm-hmm. it, it took me longer than I care to admit to figure out that it that it was yeah, the because, drawing of us. Because the, the, the par- portion of the puzzle that we were managing to put together pretty rapidly was Jen's face. And I kept looking at it and I'm like, I don't know this fucking character, Jen. Who the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In fact, it, it, you that is was, who it fucking was. I reached into the puzzle box when he gave it to me and I pulled out a piece. And the very first piece that I pulled out was a portion of my face from the drawing. And I said, I don't, I don't know who this is. And I actually, I'm sure everybody, in fact, I think we talked about it on the show, mm-hmm. has seen that drawing that uh, one of the fans oh, yeah. did of all of the supporting characters. Yep, that's what I thought it was at first, too. And I actually asked Mark, oh, did you get that drawing that the guy did of all the supporting characters? And Mark was like, oh, did I? Yeah. And... So you knew something was... We were... I was very much assembled. Mark was partially assembled. Lloyd was partially partially assembled. And I only figured out that it was us when I got to the piece that had Lloyd's mouth and he had a golf ball in his mouth. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why is there a golf ball? And since my husband is such an avid golfer, I thought, mm-hmm. oh, he must have gotten a golf related thing. And then it all just clicked. Yeah. It was, it's, it's very adorable. Anyway, we spent a little over three hours putting the puzzle oh, yeah. together on the morning of my birthday while watching Bob's Burgers. Yes. So it was a Bob's Burgers birthday. It was. Loved it. Always. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, technically, I guess that could have been housekeeping. So shall we start? Okay. <laughs> I guess we can start. Here we are. Well, Hi. Hello, friends. It's Pods I don't know why we need such big pauses. Because <laughs> I just, I want to make it different, you know. I don't want it to be the same every time. Partners. It's Pods Burgers. I'm Jen. I'm Brittany. Tonight, we will be talking about, if you love it so much, 
why don't you marionette? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually don't have any um, housekeeping this go round, other than you know what I've already talked about. No, I, the only thing I wanted to say is um, continue emailing and commenting on our stuff. We we just get a super dupes kick out of hearing from you guys. We got a really great email uh, from a listener friend while we were on vacation. Um, uh, Lauren. Thank you. I thought it was Lauren, but that's also in the name of one of our family members. And I was like, did I just mush that up in my head? I don't know. So Lauren sent us um, a great email and let us know that... um, the men who uh, like My Little Ponies, grown men who like My Little Ponies, we know that they're called bronies. And in a prior episode of Pod's Burgers, I was lamenting, well, we were lamenting the fact that there wasn't uh, a name for uh, grown women who are into My Little Ponies. I guess I was lamenting Jen was curious about it. Yeah. (laughs) Because I am... That's fair. I am, it turns out, a Pegasister. So thank you, Lauren. I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. She let us know that. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. I panicked this morning and thought, oh, I never responded to Lauren. So I did and said, I'm so, so, so sorry. And we were traveling and this is so exciting. And she was so kind and said, well, Brittany has already responded. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to coordinate. Well, I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure that made her so sad. She heard from both of us. Yeah, so. I guess. Um, yeah. I just didn't want to wait much longer, so I just went for it. Yeah. Um, We also heard from another listener friend who we're in pretty regular contact with, and it turns out that our lives are very paralleled. Have we talked about this already? I can't remember. Um, Yes. The the one who makes the list of how she's similar to us? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've talked about it. And another similarity... Uh, it turns out her birthday is either the day after or two days after my birthday. Mm-hmm. And she's also headed to California this week. Sweet. So, Where's she going? Um, Los Angeles. Los Angeles. That's where you went last year. Um, so anyway, the point is, I think that we've talked about this multiple times, but I just need you to know how much I love the listener friends. I know. It's just the fact that you people don't know us and are willing to not only willing, but excited to listen to us. I'm fucking excited to listen to us. (laughs) I know. I know. We know us. We love us. We do. Um, isn't it obvious we're doing this? (laughs) My heart is full. Yeah. It's very nice. It's very nice. You guys, you made Jen's birthday really, really happy with your wishes and such. You really did. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. All right. So, uh, your turn to recap. It is. Excellent. Got my little story here. Do it. Um, I did my notes a while ago. So if I forget any details, I I did mine too, but we were watching the episode one more time. I wasn't taking extra notes, but I wanted to refresh it in my head. I should have, but do you know what I was doing? You were making sure your dog peed. No. What? I was watching the Beyonce documentary Homecoming. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't gotten all the way through it, but this is what I'm going to say. I thought, okay, Brittany is going to be, excuse me. Brittany is going to be here yeah. in, I, I think it was 20 minutes. I'll just watch 10. No, you can't watch just 10 of Beyonce. All of a sudden, it was 25 minutes later. Thankfully, you weren't as early as I thought you were going to be. And I don't know who I am on the other side of having watched I know. even the amount that I've watched. Because Seriously, I want to watch it, um, but I have to kind of mentally prepare myself, like emotionally prepare myself. You do, because it's incredibly moving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a it is so much more than a concert video. Preach. It might be my religion now. Oh, seriously. That's why I've been waiting. I knew I was going to have to dedicate some time to just sort of oh, absorb... Yeah. Um, this is going to sound really dumb, but the same amount of time that I dedicated before I watched the cave of forgotten dreams. <laughs> it's not dumb. Okay. I just wanted to make sure because we're talking about 10,000 year old cave paintings that are exquisite and Beyonce who's exquisite. Yeah. So I, I, I also, okay, this is the last thing I'm going to say about it. And then I promise we're going to start, but 
I also struggle to sit still and watch something. I usually have to be doing something else while I'm watching television. I can't do anything else when this is on. I I catch myself literally my mouth hanging open watching it. It's incredible. I have to be very careful if I ever have a Beyonce fact that I want to look up because I invariably end up in a YouTube pit of just lined with Beyonce videos. She's a queen. Oh yeah, she is. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's do this thing. Doing it. So again, we're doing, if you love it so much, why don't you marionette? Ready? I'm ready. This is the A story. Louise is playing with Kuchikopi and Dodomeki, but she's having a hard time getting into it for some reason. I really want a Dodomeki doll. I bet you could find one. I want one so bad. Tina comes in to tell her that it's egg 30, even though they're not really having eggs. Um, At breakfast, Linda asks Louise if she's excited to go on the field trip to the marionette theater, and Tina's like, cool your tits, because it's not that great. Calm your tits. Um... Linda is surprised because she thought Tina liked the place, but no, this is not true. Jean also hates it because it's boring. And Bob remembers how awful it was, too. It made him want to work actively against the arts. I actually, I I put down that uh, note here. No, it made me want to stop supporting the arts and work actively against them. And then Jean says, no matter how boring it is, don't fall asleep because the puppets follow you into your dreams. Which is fair. Yes. Um, Louise says it's got to be better than being at school, but it turns out that isn't true either, according to Tina. So the kids arrive with their school at the Esther Margaret Marionette Odium. Um, and I made a note, what does this mean? Please tell me. It's so confusing. I know. I was thinking too. It's got to mean something. I I just don't know what it means. I think it's just a mashup of a lot of different types of words that they use when they're naming theaters. Yeah. And they just sort of... Because it was fancy yeah. to mush them all together. Yeah. Um, no one is super excited except Zeke, but he's way too late with his woohoo. Yeah, his, but timing, his timing is off. Good old Zeke. Jimmy Jr. and I wrote boo. <laughs> and Zeke talk about how awful it's going to be. And Louise says it can't be that bad. But then it turns out it really is that bad. Um, did you catch the additional Tom Hanks reference? I... I don't when they're uh, they're singing the song about stamps, uh-huh. and then they pause for the interlude where the box who is lost comes in, mm-hmm. and this is all part of the marionette show that the kids are watching, and um, then they start singing a song about stamps again, and Louise goes, "Dear Lord, make me into oh. a bird so I can fly far, far away from here." <laughs> I, for some reason, I didn't connect that with Tom Hanks because I was thinking Jenny, but yes, yeah. of course, that's yeah. Forrest Gump, yeah. which is a movie I hate. We've talked about it passionately. So many issues with that movie, but it's very problematic. You guys, I know you think that it's cute and warm and all of that, but trust me, if you ever want to have a conversation about it, we can go through all the ways in which that show is wildly problematic. So wrong, and not just because it was made during a time period that was problematic. I mean, no. it I mean, was not set that that's during, an excuse. Set during right. a time period right. is what I meant. No, it's it's not. Yeah. Anyway, move on. But that was a really good line. Um. Okay. Uh, the show is about stamps. Um, and I cannot figure it out. Kids love stamps, so I don't know if I'd be bored so much as totally confused. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if they had some psychotropic drugs while watching it. Which, considering when Esther started, maybe that's just part of her DNA now? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, It really is so weird, like, how I imagine drugs would be. What do I know about it? I've never done drugs, but... it. it, If drugs were like that, no one would ever do them. (laughs) It's terrible. Okay. Um, Nothing connects to anything else. It's just... it's it's, It's this weird puppet with stamps on it and they're singing about like there isn't even a thread to hold on to it's like a fever dream and then there's a box with eyes yeah i just a box with eyes help me (laughs) okay yeah uh anyway it turns out that ron 
the assistant health inspector is also in the show. So you may remember Ron um, from the Stupid Black Garlic Burger uh, episode, otherwise known as uh, Best Burger. Um, And you would recognize Ron from his giant bouffant blonde hair. Yeah, he is. He's usually seen with Hugo and he is the altruistic voice of reason. Yeah. He's Mm -hmm. just kind of this amazing. He's like, dude, why are we doing this? He always wants to be helpful and he wants to support people. He's amazing in this episode. And he looks really good in a black onesie. Well, yeah. I mean, a leotard and tights. Yeah. Amazing. It's really good. Good. Um, so there's a weird box that has a consciousness and wants to go to Milwaukee, but it doesn't move its mouth when it talks. And then they sing the stamp song again. And yeah, I feel nuts, but not bored. Exactly. Yeah, it is pretty crazy. Um, it's, it's like that. Oh, it's like that play. This is what I wrote down that we were in, in high school. Oh, um, um, stages. Yeah. Yeah. It was called stages. It was like one long fever dream or acid trip. And it was a one act play, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And it was about this woman she, she that you actually see one of the characters uh give birth to this fully grown woman at the beginning and then she quote unquote grows up throughout the play and there was th- it, it, a rape scene it was weird i i remember <laughs> the part where tammy who was playing the woman who was pregnant gave yeah. birth to who was it that was i, I just remember she had red hair she had she had curly, giant red hair. Okay. I just remember it was... this. That should have been a lot more disturbing than it actually was. All of it... It was disturbing to me. All of it was extreme. And it was supposed to be a play within a play. So our characters were supposed to be putting a play on. And one by one, the characters uh, disappeared. disappeared. Mm-hmm. And it was in very troubling, Except mine. Ways. Mine just got fired. Yours got dragged from the stage screaming, Yeah, if you recall. Screaming in anger. I'll be back. I'll judge how you've done without me. Still. That was my line, you guys. (laughs) Still. Okay, here we go. (laughs) Look it up if you can find it. It's really weird. Some people would have said it was boring, but actually it was just really confusing. Maybe a little boring, too. Considering we were in a really rural high school. (laughs) Maybe a little ambitious. And. And, and we took it to a competition and I remember, you know, doing the play and thinking, okay, we probably aren't going to win, but it's fine. Cause it's still, you know, the play that we put on and it's fun. And everybody was so put off by that play. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. All of the people who had to watch it, all of the judges, everyone, they were like, the fuck is happening. They were almost like angry with us yeah. for doing yeah. it. It was not a good choice. No. Our drama teacher, I think had... A dream. <laughs> he did. But most drama teachers do. Yeah. Especially when they live in small towns. Yeah. Anyway, um, Esther Margaret. Okay, go ahead. That was amazing. I'm leaving it in. Uh, it has an odor. <laughs> Definitely leaving it in. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Esther Margaret, who is the uh, owner and head puppeteer, then starts them on the process to design a puppet, but really it's just stickers on a blank wooden puppet. Yep. Um, have you noticed how much Esther is like Edith? I yes. Wonder if that's intentional. Yes. Um, or just lazy. It, 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 uh, I kept expecting I don't think them, it's lazy. I kept expecting them to um, tie her to another character. She sounded very mm-hmm. similar. Mm-hmm. So. Um. The stickers will stay if you press really hard, says Ron. <laughs> Jean says, I wish that were true of men. Right, sister? <laughs> Which um, which character is it who just puts eyes all over their puppet? I can't remember. I is want, it Louise? Uh, no, I, she doesn't get that far. I want to say yeah. it's Jean, Jean or Tina. It's it's real good. Yeah that that was that was a solid creative choice. I yeah, think that's. I mean, it could be in the play stages. It's the most it's the most interesting thing that I think you could do with what they had to work with. Yeah. Um, or all mouths. Yes. No. Louise asks to use the restroom because her bladder is trying to save her from terminal boredom and also awful weird puppet activities and the drawings of the theater are so good. You can imagine what it feels like, like maybe what it smells like, sorry, Mm -hmm. like maybe cat pee and dust and maybe feet. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. 
I do. I've been in a theater that old and yeah, it, it smells just like that. I was really tired at the time I wrote that. So sorry about that <laughs> sentence no, there, but did you follow it? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, then I put like a roller rink, rink, but with ammonia or something. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's, that's it. That is exactly it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the way to the bathroom, she spots a little red dragon puppet in a closet. And I love that puppet I so do too. fucking much. But before she can really investigate, Ron comes to close the door in her face and tell her that the room is off limits. Esther realizes that Louine, Louise, Louine, Louine, Lucy, as, as yeah. Esther calls her, uh, nobody's named Lucy. Uh, Esther realizes she's seen the puppet. So she, to get her out of the way, she tells her that she has to go work in the tech booth with Dot, whom I love. I do too. Although the introduction to Dot, a couple of things. First mm-hmm. of all, introduction to Dot, um, you get your first inkling of the type of person Dot is when Esther Margaret says, um, here's the booth. It usually smells by whatever weird, smells like whatever weird thing Dot has been eating. And then after Esther Margaret leaves, Dot offers Louise um, some fish skin from a baggie. Mm -hmm. And she says, sorry, I have to eat it with my mouth open. I can't breathe through my nose. And every part of me screamed. (laughs) At the thought of being trapped in the booth with dot eating. Misophonia. Yeah. 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 The, the asshole uh, affliction, basically. Well, I mean, you can't control it. I want to, though. It's just a thing it's, that you have. I mean, it's just, you're just an asshole. But I do love dot. Because oh, she's, too. she's one of those characters you find on Bob's Burgers who is... Um, so fully in touch with her own way of being and so solid in her own skin. Mm -hmm. Um, She knows that some of the things that she does are lame or off-putting. And it's not that she's trying to get external validation to feel better about it. She just wants to share it just in case somebody else might like it too, even though she's pretty sure everybody's going to think that it's lame. She doesn't care. Like her beats. Yeah. And I love the names for all of her beats. She just names them, you know, if you were to go maybe back a decade, some um, indie hipster band would use them as the titles of their songs. Right. Um, Where's my bra? I only have one of them. Oh, oops, here it is. Yeah. Uh, anyway, S- oh, I put also Esther calls Louise Lucy because she must have heard wrong. And that is simultaneously really lame and really mean as far as insults go. Um, anyway, Ron goes to tell Tina and Jean that Louise has been reassigned to the tech booth with Dot, which is apparently also a terrible podcast that Jean hates. <laughs> the tech booth with Dot. Yep. Uh, Dot is showing Louise her beats like, can I sell my bet on Craigslist? Um, Esther won't let Dot use her beats in the show, even though Dot keeps asking. And Louise asks Dot about the puppet she saw, and Dot tells her that the puppet's name is Vladicus. And that Esther made it, quote-unquote, back in the day. And she also had really sweet pants. I think we're talking the 70s here. Yes. They made sense during, at the time. Yes. They're these bell-bottom floral amazingnesses. I'd wear the hell out of them. Me too. She's not sure why Esther stopped doing good shows with interesting puppets like Vladicus, but Dot plays, Where Did I Leave My Bra? I Only Have One. Oh, there it is for Louise. Oh, you wrote it down in its entirety. So she has that. Uh, Louise ends up building her own Vladicus out of stuff she finds in the tech room and Dot talks her into making him dance and she's sort of whatever about it. Uh, she takes it out front to show Jean and Tina, but Esther finds her and kicks her out to sit on the bus with Ms. LeBons until the show is over. Ms. LeBons is playing Dippin' Chips, which sounds like something that would really exist and I'd probably play it to be honest. It's basically along the lines of Candy Crush kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Louise asks her if all adults become super lame as they get older, and Ms. LeBond says, yeah, mostly, except some who keep getting more awesome. And you know what? I say good for Ms. LeBond that she puts herself in that category, and I hope it's legit how she feels. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what? 
maybe Ms. LeBons is not living the same life that I want to live, but I love that she loves her life. Oh yeah. No, she's totally into it. No judgment. Yeah. No shame. That was one of the things that I kept trying to tell my son when he, he would be like, but I should go to college. And I'm like, look, I'm not going to tell you not to go to college. I would love you to go to college, Mm but a, I didn't go to college until like seven years after I graduated high school and B you just have to decide how happy you're going to be under which parameters. It's true. And as long as you really are happy and not hurting anybody else, there really is no predefined way that you have to do things. For example, I don't have children. I don't ever plan to have children. I never planned to have children. And I think that, uh, a lot of people are, I don't know, confused or frightened by that in some weird way. Yeah. Uh, but on the other side of it is I get genuinely excited for people who want children who end up having children. So for me, it's not, Oh, I don't want children. Therefore nobody else should have children. It's that's just not the thing for me. And that is the thing for you. Or when different lives, when people would, uh, people have occasionally, um, taken, issue with me saying that women are still um, marginalized and um, not treated with equality in ways that make sense for them to be treated equally. People think that's not true? Well, their issue is, I'm not unhappy. No one treats me bad. So I don't know why you think that this is happening. And I'm like, your life is how you chose it. And it fits within the parameters of what a quote unquote woman is supposed to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But some women want something different. And it, yeah, it may not work for everybody. Right. Here's the other thing though. It could be the life that you chose and partway through, you might realize that you want to choose something different from what you had chosen. And that's okay too. It absolutely it can also change. And it's I fine. And not com- just women, everyone. And I completely support Again, like you said, women, anybody, if they are happy doing what they're doing and they're not harming themselves or anybody else, you don't have to fit a particular ideal. And that's what Miss LeBons is doing. It's so true. She's fitting her own ideal. Way to bring it back. I'm good at that. If you can find genuine joy in playing your dipping chips. Yes. Like, like genuine joy. You're not covering something up or you're not avoiding and you're not something. so addicted to it that it's causing an issue in your life avoidance absolutely yes, yes. Uh, then i say that uh, hallelujah man yeah. do it do it you play your dip and chips triple dip mm-hmm. damn right that's a triple dip <laughs> so the kids back in the theater are doing their terrible puppet shows uh but gene and tina feel guilty about not speaking up for louise at all not the first time if you recall the christmas episode of this season. Yeah. Same damn thing. They, they kind of leave her out, out to dry. They did realize that they left her out to dry on the Halloween episode where they were going into the haunted house, right? but they came through. So they do. And, and they came through in the Christmas episode and they come through in this, but it's like, at some point, can you not leave her hang, hanging and then come? Can you just like bring it just, at the beginning? Just go along. They went with um, her to find the, um, Christmas She's monster. Hands. <laughs> Christmas monster. Oh, uh, Bleakin. the Bleakin. Yeah, they went with her. Um, anyway, uh, with Ron's help, they sneak out of the theater. And can we just can we just go back to Ron's altruism just for a minute here? Yep. Um, I know exactly what you're going to say. The line that he says that Margaret or Esther Margaret is wasn't fair to Louise and probably not to anybody. Right. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is that Ron doesn't have to get involved in any of these things. And Ron is bringing it to the table more than her own siblings are, you know? Right. He like, like he genuinely cares and he figures out how to get them out, you know, sneaking them out behind a a prop scene. That has a spider on it. Yeah. Which is, he's not a great liar, but whatever. It worked. It doesn't matter. Um, and they go to the bus to help bust Louise back in so she can show Esther what's what. So Louise drafts Dot to help them put on a guerrilla puppet show, which is to say, like guerrilla marketing, not like gorillas. <laughs> right. Did that explain anything? Yes. Um, using a stolen Vladicus and Dot's super sweet beats. So here's the deal. Mm-hmm. 
the other thing I was going to say that I forgot to say before when I said two things. Mm-hmm. Um, Vladicus looks like the moment I laid eyes on him, I was like, that is something that Jen would have made in school. Yes. Or wanted to. Right. And you would have brought it home and I would have been like, why do I have the suck teachers who don't <laughs> let me make these amazing puppets? And then the other thing it reminded me of, can you guess? Mulan? No. Oh. Do no. you remember when my son was in school and they were studying Beowulf? Mm-hmm. And we made puppets as his um, project? I don't remember that part. Oh, my God. You don't remember Was the... I involved in making the puppets? No, but oh. I can't believe you don't know about this. So... There were some final projects you could do. I don't even remember what the other ones were, but I was like, oh, fucking puppets of Beowulf characters. Fucking puppets. I am going to do this shit. Mm-hmm. And um, Elliot really enjoyed it too. So he would pull up um, descriptions from the poem mm-hmm. of what each of these characters was supposed to look like. Yeah. And um, a lot of them were pretty straightforward. The king and queen, Beowulf... And then you get to Grendel and Grendel's mom. Mm-hmm. And Grendel's mom had, I, I want to say, eyes on her breasts. Oh, like, so we that had, sounds right. Yeah, so we had to make... <laughs> sure. We, like, we were, we were, Jen, we were spot on. Yeah, yeah, you were accurate. We were eyeballs on tits on. <laughs> and I am telling you... That needs you, to be a statement. These That needs to be a thing that people say. Tits on. I am eyeballs on tits on. On about this. And I, I, I have never in my life been more proud of a school project, mine or Elliot's, since that day. It was incredible. Um, These little goofy puppets. Do you still have them? I want to say yes. I had them for a long time, but I think I just took pictures of them and ended up getting rid of them because what was I going to do with them? So I'll see if I can find pictures. They are fucking amazing all i know is i'm pretty sure that whoever wrote the special projects for elliot's class the Mm -hmm. teacher or somebody else but Mm -hmm. they were like no one's doing this one and we fucking did that one oh yeah yeah did it um okay so esther and louise puppet battle and it's not as impressive as i'd have expected if i'm being totally honest although the music and the fog at the beginning and and louise saying string it on Mother puppeteer. Oh, yes. I guess so good. what I mean is uh, the actual puppeteering. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering you're drawing it, you can make it pretty amazing. And maybe they were just trying to make it to where, you know, Louise doesn't know that much about puppeteering, but Esther should. I've seen better on YouTube or like the Las Vegas Strip or the movie uh, Being John Malkovich yeah. has some pretty amazing puppeting in it. Yeah. Although um, the part where... Um, Esther realizes they're actually talking to each other. It's almost like having one of Mr. Franz's conflict dolls. Yeah. They're talking to each other through the puppets. And um, Esther has a, a moment of clarity where she realized that the puppet stopped speaking to her and she sort of lost her passion for things. And, and she makes her puppet walking back and forth, like holding his hands up to his head and like gesturing. And I think that's do you, lovely. Do you know what it reminds me of? Uh, no, what is it? You have a little finger man. (laughs) (laughs) So Brittany has, we call them go-go gadget fingers. And from the time we were young, she has had this ability to make little people out of her fingers. Just, you know, the the peace sign, but turn it upside down, those little legs. That's it. No, it's not. And I use my thumb and my pinky for the hands. And that's it. it. The expressiveness. It really is. I'm not going to lie. There are a few things that when I'm deeply in a funk, there are a few things that Brittany can do to bring me out of my funk when I'm deeply in a funk. That is one of them. Because she does this thing where it walks and it's being sexy. (laughs) and sassy. And then it'll like take its hand and it'll kind of like rub its own hip. (laughs) Now keep in mind, this is one hand she's doing. I can make I can make them like fist pump in the air. She I can, can make them like put a sassy hand on the hip. They can do the running man. It, yeah, they can. It's it. You guys it's do not so even know. Dumb. You, it's nope. Fucking stupid. It's not. 
it's magical is what it is fucking stupid and magical i know i get it i'm sorry that you do not have a chance to see it because i know (sighs) i'm on the end of the i'm just on the end of the puppet jen that's all i got um and that is better than the drawn puppet that they had all of the animation in the world should have done is just videoed me with my fingers and just plug that that in there yeah yeah just just splice that. that in yeah um, okay, so it turns out that Esther, Esther, nope, turns out that Esther just sort of lost her magic because adult or something. I don't know. It's never really clear. <laughs> I, I was kind of annoyed by, by this ending part because there wasn't really anything solid that was a thing that explained anything. Um, they talk and it turns out that it goes away if you let it. Yeah. Uh, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I feel like it probably could have been given a little bit more love in, in the script department, but I actually liked it. And this is the reason why let's hear it. So at the beginning, and I referenced this in a prior pods burgers episode where Louise is struggling to get into her game, uh, with, uh, Kuchikopi and Dodomeki. Um, and she's just like, I don't know, I'm just not into this. And then she's kind of wondering about this, you know, when I get older, are things just going to become boring and am I going to suck? And is it just, is that how it is to be an adult? Which if she just looked at her mother for five seconds, she would not think so. I mean, it can be like that, just like it can be like that for kids. But I think the thing that resonated with me about the fact that Esther came to it in a kind of anticlimactic way is you can allow what you're supposed to be like, quote unquote, supposed to be like, just sort of um, not not wrestle you to the ground, but sometimes it can just be this gentle push. And then you're doing something else and you're like, well, this is what adults do. And then you just keep doing it, even though it sucks. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a, I'm never going to grow up. Oh, I have to grow up because of bills. Sometimes it just happens. No, I totally agree. Um, I think for me, you kind of nailed it at the beginning. It wasn't that I had a problem with the reasoning. I had a problem with the way it was expressed through the script. I just felt like it could have been a lot more solid in the expo. Like what you just explained, obviously it would have needed to be edited. Yes. But it was way more solid than the way that it was explained in the show. And I feel like they were rushed or whatever. And to be clear, I'm complaining a lot about this episode. I loved this episode. I, I did d- too. We we talked about it in the last um, episode, how much we loved this episode. I felt like it was pretty magical and it kind of evoked that feeling of being on uh, uh, a field trip mm-hmm. very effectively. Um, and I've always been, I've always had a thing for the theater, not, not necessarily... I mean, I don't like musical theater, but I've always been into acting. So, you know, I would have loved being able to perform the play. Yeah. Um, so there are a lot of things I really loved about it. I just felt like it didn't kind of go far enough in certain areas. I, I think you're, you're right. Um, and I think that it is, it's interesting that the series even touched on something like that. Yeah. Not to say that they don't tackle some serious topics. They do. They do it very subtly, but I think the thing for me is there, there's something gut-wrenching about the thought of Louise growing up or Jean growing up. Right. And, um, you know, Tina, she's already on the, the cusp of it, but even then, you know, she'll talk about, well, next Halloween, I won't dress up anymore, or um, I'm going to put this, <laughs> I'm going to put this pony away now, even though my dad went through hell to right. get it back for me. Those kinds of things are... They, there's a certain time period um, in my own childhood that this took me back to. Sorry, I have to take a ball away from my dog. Okay. He's eating it. Okay. Eat. I was trying to let you finish. No, no, but no. I'm going to let you finish. I don't, I don't want him to die. Yeah. I'm sorry. It's okay. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Anyway, Ooh. what was I saying? Uh, there was a time period in your life. Yes, that this that this brings up for me, and um, I mean, the only time I can ever remember being truly feeling truly safe and comfortable when I was a child was when I was very young. So when we were living in Southern California, mm-hmm. but I have a lot of fond memories of certain time periods Colorado. since then. 
It's around that time period. Okay. It, it, it was actually when we were overseas because when we went to that academy overseas, mm-hmm. they were light years beyond any school we'd been to in the U.S. And it was, yep. it was an international academy. So all of the expat, expat kids, um, that's people who have come into the country from their parents were working. Um, the, the, so we lived in Saudi Arabia. And the Saudi children would go to a specific school and then up until high school age, the rest of us would go to international academies. So we went to school with kids from literally all over the world. Anyway, during that time period, because you had teachers that were also from all over the world coming in and um, bringing creativity and ideas that were um, from from all of the corners of the earth, um, that was a very creative time period in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I imagine you bringing home that dragon yeah. When we were in school over there. Yeah. So I feel very warm about this episode. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, so just to be clear, I do love this episode. Uh, so uh, just to finish out the A story, um, Esther puppets so hard in the smoke from the smoke machine that she hurts herself and ends up in the hospital, but she does get to get really high. Uh, so that's nice anyway. Yes. Okay. And I can't believe you didn't bring this up. The kids get back onto the bus and they're like, oh, um, we're just going to stare ahead on this bus. And Jean says, like in The Graduate. (laughs) I missed that. Really? Completely. And you know how I love The Graduate. I know. That's why I was like, I can't believe she's not saying anything about this. People, if you haven't seen The Graduate at the very end, uh, I almost called him Richard Dreyfus. No, nope, not, not Richard Dreyfus. Nope. It's Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. It's not nope. Richard Pryor. It is what is his name? Archivist. Help. Why can't I remember his name? I feel insane right now. Dudley. It's not Dudley Moore. <laughs> David. It's Dustin Hoffman. St. Johnson. I got it. Dustin Hoffman and his lady friend, uh, who I can't remember that actress's name either, but I'm pretty sure you wouldn't recognize it even if I said it. Uh, no, 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 no. The, the girlfriend. Um, she was also in Catherine Lo- Ross. She was in love story. Yeah. Uh, ends up on a bus after he has stolen her away from her wedding. And the movie ends with them, uh, kind of on a high from the escape. And then as the, film plays out it shows them sitting on the bus and then they slowly sort of deflate Mm -hmm. and come to this place of the reality a of what they have done as well as this is life like okay now what it's just kind of this precipitous drop off from this high Mm -hmm. to this now what are we gonna do yeah um, and it's it's actually one of the most skillful moments in film because without saying anything, without any change of scenery, without the actors even moving, the entire tone of the movie completely flips on its head, and then the movie ends. Yep. It's so amazing. But it's, uh, I mean, the movie itself is a commentary, not only of the time period in which it was made, but also on the romanticism of... Um, that young people have the idealism for life and where some of it is well-placed other is other, uh, it's too naive. Mm -hmm. So it's a very interesting commentary. And it's not just about an older woman having sex with you. No, it's not. It is my third most favorite movie. Go see it. So good. Um, and before we finish Mm -hmm. the a story, Uh, um, that's the end of the a story. Yeah. So, so Brooke Dillman, once again, does the voice of Dot. Yep. Love that lady. And uh, Carrie Kenny Silver was Esther. Um, you know her from Reno 911, mm-hmm. 911. What is it? 911? Reno 911. I just call it that. Anyway, she's a taller, thinner woman with dark hair, not the blonde one that was on 911. 911. Sorry. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. 911. All right. Are you ready for the B story? Ready. Okay. A dude is outside of Bob's Burgers giving out flyers. Not the dude. No, a dude. 
to promote a rave called Super Calareva Glow Stick. And it, I find it really interesting that the Bob's writers decided to go so intensely 90s with this. And I think it says something about the age of the writers. I, I don't know. I feel Early like this, this still happens a oh, lot. Oh, for sure. For sure. A lot, a lot. It wasn't... I, I think it was the combination of everything... But then again, everything 90s is new again. So it's what true. the hell am I talking Even about? Even the high-waisted pants, those things suck. And, and it's kind of, you know, a late 90s, early 2000s type of vibe. Yeah, um, especially the hat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He has a weird hat, I say. But that's explained at the end. Yes. Okay, go ahead. Uh, but he's super earnest in a weird, endearing way. Yes. Uh, Bob wants him to move on because people aren't coming into the restaurant because they're trying to avoid super earnest, earnest flyer man. Um, and I just, in parentheses, wrote Polynesian speed gospel. Yes. Which so I know is something that he says, but why did I put it right there? I, I don't know. So here's what he says. Bob comes out to tell him to move because he's driving the, the customers away. And he's like, oh, here's, here's the, the flyer. Do you want to go to this? And it's the, the rave. And then... He's like, are you familiar with this? And he starts listing off dubstep, tri- trip trance, electro hop, doo-wop hop, Polynesian speed gospel at the dance hall. Um, but the dude says he can't move on because his boss told him to stand right where he's standing and he'd be by to check on dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can't risk making his boss unhappy because he needs money for Carrot the Ferret's medical bills. And I think ferrets are way cute. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, they seem really 90s to me. No, Probably because our was, friend had them in the 90s. I was just about to say, <laughs> I know we have a lot of younger listener friends. Will you please tell me if that's still the pet of choice for um, young adults? Because in the 90s, it really fucking was. Yeah. And we know we have... We know people now who have ferrets, but they are our age. So they would have come of age at the time that that was the pet of choice anyway for our generation. It was like a huge deal. And I think it was because... It was kind of a status thing. It it was. It it was a a legal version of an exotic pet. So if you had that as opposed to a cat or a dog, that Mm -hmm. made you different. And like the 90s, everybody wanted to be fucking different. Yeah. Even though they all wore plaid. Even though they all were different in the exact same way. <laughs> yes. That's um, fine. That's fine. As long as they were happy. That's cool. Sure. You do you. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, when the dude realizes that his roommate didn't give Carrot his medicine uh, because he's not comfortable, she's not comfortable putting suppositories up his anus. I mean, come on. What's wrong with her? Yeah. I, he, I don't know. I'd be afraid I'd hurt the ferret. Yeah. I'm kidding. Yeah. Okay. I mean... If the animal really needed it, I'd figure it out. But um, he talks Bob into flyering for him, and Bob in the hat and the vest is truly amazing. Really good. Um, he isn't super great at flyering, and Linda gives him tips about how to flick the flyers like she flicks her boogers into the radiator. I at hate night. that entire exchange. Okay, it here's, is horrible. Here's the thing that's interesting about that. Like I do, I went out into the fandom to get a read on what was happening in this episode. The biggest controversy was Linda's booger flicking into the radiator. There were people who thought it was hilarious and there were people that were so revolted by it. Disgusting. That they, they honestly wanted to like picket the writers. And I'm on the side of, I thought it was funny. I mean, it's gross, but it, it, to me, it wasn't so far outside of something you'd expect from Linda. And the fact that her mom taught that to her no, is pretty okay. incredible. I need to be clear. I don't think that was out of character at all. Yeah. It was delivered just like Linda. Yeah. You can see her thinking it was okay because they would burn up just like Linda. Yeah. And her mother teaching her it. I could actually picture yes. that. Yes. I just find the idea so incredibly it's, off-putting. It makes me sad. It's like, why do you have so many boogers Seriously. that your mother has to teach you how and to get rid of Get them? the fuck out of bed and blow your goddamn nose. Come on. It's, it's yeah. Um, but, but I just found it fascinating. Of everything in this episode, that was the thing that people got really hung up on. Oh, yeah. Work, up, work yourselves up over boogers, guys. <laughs> Um, so this booger flicking is new info for all of us, including Bob. Um, Bob does really well with the flick once he figures it out. 
and people start taking the flyers. The and flyer I, flick, let's be clear. Yes, okay. yes. And I love it when Bob is excited about stuff. I know. The fact that he was good about this makes me really feel joy. I mean, you kind of expect that what's going to happen is that he's going to fail tremendously in some way. And the guy's boss is going to show up. And, and he's, he's going to have to make trouble. up for it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. But really what it turns I mean, out to be he, is that he's really good at this. And he does kind of fail at the end. He does. But I love the fact that they give him this moment where he's yeah. figured out this thing where people really want him to... They want to interact with him when he's doing it. Honestly, this is going to get super deep. Are you okay. ready? Yes. Bob, when he gets excited about little things like that, mm-hmm. like his coat trees and like mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things, makes me actually think that even as much as he gets frustrated or down, dude has a finger on exactly what it's is needed to kind of make it when you're in that kind of a position. Like mm-hmm. he finds legitimate, sincere joy in tiny moments Yes, that bolster him. Mm-hmm. You have to have something that excites you or something to look forward to. Yep. And he does it. Mm-hmm. Somehow he does it. Good for you, Bob. Speaking of the coat trees, we forgot to mention that we went to a restaurant in Palm Springs. Oh, yes. That had tiny little, what looked like coat trees next to all of the tables. And they could have been for jackets. But they were mainly for purses. And they were so cute. But it was exactly like being in that episode of Bob's Burgers. Yes. And I need to point this out. First of all, if you're ever in Palm Springs, do please check out 849. Please. It's so good. It's in the old Palm Springs post office building. And it is so, the food is so incredible. I'm just going to lay that out. The, The owners are amazing and sweet and funny. And then I, so we went there for brunch and so we were sitting out on the patio and I needed to use the restroom. So I went into the restaurant and my mind leaked out of my head because it was like all of my design ideas from being 12, Mm -hmm. but done in an elevated way. Mm -hmm. There was pink and black and white and crystals. And it was just, it it was like a trippy, uh, tea party kind of, Oh my God, it was so good, but not tacky. Like they had done it in a way that was elevated, even though it was sort of this trippy crystally, I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they pulled it off, but it was. Well, A, they're in Palm Springs and Mm -hmm. that's sort of expected. Mm -hmm. I mean, you remember that house I rented that one time Mm -hmm. and the front room was entirely pink and white? I'm not sure I ever saw it, but yeah, you told me about it. It was just amazing. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. So Jimmy Pesto is terrible as usual, but has a pretty good burn about uh, Bob looking like a crossing guard in Narnia. Because he kind of does. He does. Um, Mr. Tumnus. Bob drops all of the rest of the flyers while trying to yell back at Jimmy. And I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the car that drives over the flyers when he drops them is actually Dr. Yep. I did not notice that. Um, I love that. So the dude comes back. The flyer dude comes back. And Bob isn't flyering. And his boss does end up coming to check on him because micromanagement is a thing that always is really successful. Yes. Um, when Linda straight up lies for the guy because she's way nicer than I am. Big surprise. I would totally um, lie for him. He was, he was I mean, fine. Whatever. The boss believes that he's given away all of the flyers and wants him to come back the next day. But Bob convinces them to flyer in front of Jimmy's restaurant. So boom for him, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm, mm. The end. Um, all I have left to add is, and I wrote this down twice. <laughs> Two times. Two times. In two separate places in my notes. Ruth Tomato Ginsburger. Ruth Tomato Ginsburger. (laughs) It's important. That's a really good name. I love it so much. And if you haven't seen uh, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary, you must. When have they already released the movie that is the biopic that has... Yes. um, Oh, okay. Have yeah. you seen that? It's been in and out of theaters. No. Okay. I'm but just curious. I saw curious. the documentary, so good enough for me. I just love her so much. I do too. Please live forever, RBG. Please. Please. Uh, that's all I have. For some reason, Bob's Burgers doesn't have a new episode until not this Sunday, but the Sunday after. But we do have one more episode 
uh, that we need to do to get caught up anyway. And considering our track record lately, you guys, <laughs> maybe that's all we need. It's so true. So we will uh, get caught up in the next episode uh, whenever that happens, yep. hopefully soon. Um, and then if there's a gap, we will do one of the listener friend requests yeah, call and then out, return to the new ones. Call out again. Please send us some requests. We have a handful and that's that's a good amount. But yeah. If you want us to talk about a specific episode, even if it's one we've done in a ranking one, we can probably dedicate it. Dedicate? We can dedicate. We can dedicate one. I totally can dedicate. Yeah. You don't even know me. Um, (laughs) You don't know my life. Uh, Okay. So I think that we're good and we always take way too long to wrap it up. So I think we are good too. (laughs) I would say we're neat. We have neat jackets. Smart looking. That's us right here. All right. We love are, you guys. We are natty dressers. Shutting it down. Okay. Um, love you. Goodbye. Bye. This has been an episode of Pod's Burgers. Our theme song is No Smoking by the Blue Dot Sessions. <laughs>